Welcome to the Scaling New Heights podcast, a program for accountants and bookkeepers who seek to scale new heights in their practices and guide their clients to scale new heights in their businesses. My name is Joe Woodard, and I'm joined today by Gino Wickman. Now, Gino has an obsession for learning, learning what makes businesses and entrepreneurs thrive. At 25, he took over the family business, which was deeply in debt and in need of help. And after turning that company around and running it for seven years, he and his partner successfully sold the company. He then went on to develop the Entrepreneurial Operating System, EOS. You may be very familiar with that book. If not, go check it out and Google that, Entrepreneurial Operating System. But his latest endeavor is a book called The Entrepreneurial Leap. And you can learn more about that book at e-leap.com. So now Gino's devoting his time and energy toward helping entrepreneurs in the making get a huge jump start on taking their leap. And he defines all of the obstacles, all of the challenges, and all of the rewards in his brand new book. And that book is what we're going to be talking about with Gino today. So Gino, welcome to the podcast. Oh, happy to be here, Joe. Well, it's great to have you here. And I'm particularly excited about your book because some of the folks listening to this podcast would consider themselves to be entrepreneurs. And some of the people listening to this podcast would consider themselves to be advisors to entrepreneurs. And I would add a third category. Some people listening to this podcast aspire to play a stronger role as an advisor to entrepreneurs. And I want to get started in the first question about traits. You identify certain traits of the entrepreneur. What are those traits? Yeah, and I, and I love where you started there because I'm excited about this conversation in that, you know, your audience is out there helping these people we're about to talk about, these entrepreneurs of the world. And so I, I would ask your listener to kind of wear two hats in this, in this conversation. Number one, think about how you can help your clients and then also kind of run yourself through this filter, if you will, of entrepreneurialism that we're going to talk about. And so the six essential traits that I believe all true entrepreneurs have after 30 years of living in their world and being one and helping them is visionary, passionate, problem solver, driven, risk taker, and responsible. And I always say them with a cadence like that. So your listeners are kind of doing a little scan on themselves and certainly all of their clients, but those are the six essential traits. And then how does passionate, how do you differentiate that from driven? Oh, that's such a great question. So I, I, that, that tells me you're a good student and you're paying attention because that is one that appears to be the same, but they're very, very different. And so the best way to give you uh, clarity around that is passion is about the thing. So it's, it's the entrepreneur's passion about the dent they want to put in the universe, their product, their service, the void that they want to fill in the world. And so it's about that. Driven is about this internal fire that they've always had their whole life. So passion or not, they've always been competitive, had this high sense of urgency, they want to succeed, they're self-motivated, they hustle, they just absolutely love working hard. So 
that, that's a really good distinction. So folks, if you, we're going to have a lot of lists here. So first, I would just recommend that you go get the book. It's www.e-leap.com. And you can also get to that link out on our podcast page at water.com slash podcast, as well as a listing guide where I'm going to give you all the lists in the form of a PDF, because I know a lot of you are listening to this while you drive. But um, Gino, you speak of a concept called the entrepreneurial range. What do you mean by that? I really appreciate you going there next. And so the entrepreneurial range is something I created and it actually came out of a debate in a Starbucks with a professor of entrepreneurialism, somebody who's become a friend and we were having this wonderful conversation. And, and it, it came to me in that it really helps um, clarify a debate that goes on around this topic because you know right now this word entrepreneur is so amorphous and everyone wants to be an entrepreneur and what is the real definition of an entrepreneur and and so this is my best swipe at it and also puts in the right context who and what it is that i'm teaching the world and so if you picture in your mind the entrepreneur range is this arc and on the right side of that range, if you picture the words true entrepreneur, and on the left side of that range, you picture the word self-employed. And any person that owns their own business is somewhere on that entrepreneurial range. And if we go to the left side of that range, the self-employed person, that's the one person show, the person with a side hustle, the consultant, um, and, and, and so it's anyone that has a business and, and it's a, that one man show, lifestyle business, things like that. All the way to the right side of the range, if you picture the greatest entrepreneurs of all time, Henry Ford, Walt Disney, Oprah Winfrey, Sarah Blakely. And so now if you picture that, these six essential traits that I'm talking about are, are, are descriptions of people on the right side of that range, what I call true entrepreneurs. And so wherever you are on that range, it is admirable, it is respectable. You have taken a leap, you are, you are, you are self-employed, you have your own business, you have freedom. It's just a question of you know, what, where are you on the spectrum? Because the one person show that doesn't have the six essential traits, they're just probably never really going to build an empire. They're never gonna build an organization with lots of people and it's okay. The point I'm trying to make here is it's perfectly fine to be self-employed in a one-person show. There's nothing more respectable than the person with handy skills goes out and becomes a handy man or woman, makes 60 bucks an hour. They're making a hundred grand a year doing what they love. Amen and hallelujah. It's just someone with the six essential traits that takes that leap cannot help themselves but to build something, to continue to grow, to drive. And those, again, are what become you know, some of the greatest entrepreneurs of all time. And so again, every business owner is somewhere on that range. Well, it comes to mind as you talk about this, that the traits are essential for entrepreneurship, but they don't necessarily determine the path of entrepreneurship. Meaning, you know, if, if Thoreau is correct, that the mass of men live lives of quiet desperation, that desperation is their failure to embrace the vision, their failure to actually act out on their passion the failure to be driven because they let fear quell that. So could somebody have the traits and not be entrepreneurial? 
Yeah. So there's a lot that goes on. So you're, you're hitting on one really important one. And, you know, in my mind, five different things flash into my mind. And so let's try and hit a few of them because the first thing that flashes into my mind is the audience that we're talking to. And, and this audience is working with these entrepreneurs and business owners, and you can literally put your client somewhere on that range. And so you're working with some clients that are one person shows and you're working with some clients that have a thousand employees and everything in between. Well, to your point for that, for that bookkeeper, CFO, accountant, you can do your client a service by helping them understand that because there are some people that just need to remain a one person show and they gotta, they've gotta stop getting caught up in the hype of building an organization, the sexiness of it, somehow that's where you're supposed to go next. And so there's a piece that comes over someone when they say, you know what, I don't have all six essential traits, but I own my own business. I have freedom. This is pretty good. The other point is as you move across that range, you know, maybe you're not going to be the next Henry Ford, Elon Musk. We could say all of the names and build a billion dollar company, but it's certainly admirable to build a wonderful $3 million heating and cooling company throwing off a 20% profit. And so that's the first point. And then to your point, for quiet desperation, this is where you have to really kind of check yourself because you, if, if you have the six essential traits, what this book does and what this conversation does is help you discover them if you haven't discovered it yet. And then yes, it enlightens you to see what's possible for you if you have them. But again, as I was saying just as quickly, if you don't, it's a wake up call that says everyone on the planet is not intended to be an entrepreneur. And so this book and this project, it's, it's a true passion project. I wanna impact a million entrepreneurs on the planet over the next 10 years. It's a cautionary tale to say, listen, everyone wants to be an entrepreneur. Let's make sure you have what it takes to become one. And if you are, I'll show you a path. And if you aren't, it's okay. There are a thousand other options for you. Or again, just be that one person show or have that side hustle or whatever. So hopefully indirectly I've answered your question, but if I haven't, please. No, you have, you absolutely have. And I would just add one more potential role. If, if you have some of the passion for the overall cause and maybe you share the vision, right? But you're not identifying as an entrepreneur. You might be somebody who comes alongside one who's higher on the range and protects their journey. And that way you get a fulfillment of the passion and you get to contribute to the vision um, while, you know, knowing your role and knowing, you know, kind of how you're wired and the best way that you can work toward that vision and that mission. I, I want to move to part two of your book, uh, Glimpse. And in, in Glimpse, you have now assumed that someone is on the entrepreneurial journey and you talk about how as an entrepreneur, they can live the nightmare. What do you mean by live the nightmare? Oh, I love that. And, and to, to zoom out for the context for your listeners, I wrote the book in three parts, Confirm, Glimpse, Path. And just as you said there, Joe, Confirm is all about first and foremost, confirming that you have these six essential traits. There's an assessment I offer for free. We're now going into Confirm to, I'm sorry, we're going into Glimpse to show a glimpse of what the life can look like. And then from there, the third part is Path to show a path to greatly increase your odds of success. And so in Glimpse, what I'm accomplishing there is, um, giving a ton of real life stories so you can see what people have done, you know, where that entrepreneur is sitting now so they see that possibility. I show them all of their options for a business. And then to what you asked about, I talk about 
and share the life of an entrepreneur, but I share a day in the life so they can see a vivid picture of both the dream and the nightmare. And, and the point in that is I'm showing them that the dream is possible. And it's this wonderful world where you're waking up at the time that works for energy, going in, you're surrounded by great people that are as passionate about the cause as you are. You're meeting with those people, you're solving problems, you're kicking ass, your customers love you. And I could go on and on, but there's, you know, it's a three page riff on what a day in the life looks like. And then I also show the nightmare, and that's that entrepreneur that is truly living the nightmare that the business has gotten away from them, their people are totally unengaged. You're having to charge the lowest price in town because you know your your customers they use you because you're the best price and the second they find a better price they're going to leave you you're not profitable you're burning the candle at both ends anyway you we've we've all everyone on this podcast has seen both of those scenarios and the point in that is the there's a reason most entrepreneurs live the nightmare and there are eight critical mistakes that an entrepreneur makes when they take their entrepreneurial leap. And my intention is to help them avoid all eight mistakes as I was able to do when I started my most recent business 20 years ago. And, and having the experience I had, I was fortunate enough to head them off at the pass. That's how I know it's possible. And that's what I've been teaching my clients for the last 20 years. So do you actually want to go into all eight? I, can I would love for you to list them all. Like. Absolutely. List them all. And remember listeners, you can go to water.com slash podcast and the download handout is available and you can uh, get those eight that way. But go ahead and uh, tell us what the eight are, Do you know? You bet. And if there's one or two that jump out at you, we can certainly go deep. But at a high level, <clears throat> here are the eight critical mistakes almost every entrepreneur makes when they take <clears throat> their entrepreneurial leap and start growing their business. Number one is not having a vision. Number two is hiring the wrong people. Number three is not spending time with your people. Number four is not knowing who your customer is. Number five is not charging enough. Number six is not staying true to your core. Number seven is not knowing your numbers. And number eight is not crystallizing roles and responsibilities. Now, I do want to say that seven is my favorite given our audience, right? Because here. So, so if you're listening here, number seven was not knowing your numbers turns a dream into a nightmare and you can protect an entrepreneur's journey while just doing your core job as a business advisor. But I think Gino would agree with me. It's more than just having accuracy in bookkeeping. It's also having insights into business analytics. So don't stop with just the financials. Make sure that you get those key performance indicators and key data points over to your client. That's, a, that's really key to number seven. Yeah, and Joe, you know, as I prepared for this, I, I, I wrote down these five things that I think would help your audience best when helping entrepreneurs. And I think we're indirectly gonna hit them all. So I'm not gonna share those five now, but you're, you're hitting that, the one that was probably highest on the list and that is, you know, the way an entrepreneur solves this, because the reality of it is an entrepreneur, a true entrepreneur on the right side of that entrepreneurial range with those six essential traits, sadly, most of them are not good with numbers. It's a downside of being this wild and crazy visionary entrepreneur. And so I prescribe three things that are so simple and solve this. And, and your customers out there, your clients listening to this, um, 
can truly become heroes to their clients and their entrepreneurial, um, the, the entrepreneurs that they're working with. And so number one is just get your client scorecarding. And, and, and so I created something called a scorecard 20 years ago. I learned it from my business mentor 25 years ago. And we have almost 100,000 companies running on this discipline now through the system I created called EOS. And, and what it is, is it's just identifying the five to 15 most important activity-based numbers and looking at them every week, just getting that entrepreneur to look at them every week and see 13 weeks at a, grant, at a glance. So scorecard. Number two, look at a monthly P&L every single month. And number three, manage a monthly budget projected to actual every month. And so what I say to them is I say, entrepreneur, just do those three things and you will know your numbers. And at, they won't know what any of those three things are at first, but if they will commit to doing that, it will force them to learn it. And so it's almost like as I'm teaching that to entrepreneurs, it's forcing them back to you guys because they need to go talk to their accountant or their bookkeeper or someone to help them under explain what is a P&L, how do I manage a budget? So anyway, with that said, those would be the three nuggets I would offer your audience to offer to their clients to make them true heroes. Yeah, and and, and boy, you're right in my vein on that because I'm, you know, bookkeepers to to become more relevant and in a highly disruptive environment to remain relevant long-term, mm -hmm. they need to be spending a fair amount of time in the owner's office, not just at the back office. And what Gino just described is a way of knocking on that door. And um, especially even if the business owner won't read the book, if you read the book, accountants and bookkeepers, and you deploy the principles and have the eye for your client there, uh, you'll have meaningful data points that will get them to pull out a chair at, at their desk and to do that pulling out of that chair, to, to do that on a regular basis for you, a monthly engagement, maybe even a, a semi-monthly engagement in, in advisory. Now, um, now let's get to the actual journey itself. And if someone's going to embrace some form of entrepreneurial endeavor, um, college, no college. That's a huge national debate right now. Where do yeah. you come down on that? Yeah, well, I write an entire chapter on this topic and I call it college or not. So I'll do my best to quickly articulate this. Uh, I did not go to college. Uh, I knew it wasn't for me. I was smart enough at 18 to know what I was and know that academia was, was not for me and I was done. Graduated high school with a solid 2.3 average, uh, grade point average. And with that said, um, as I began working with my entrepreneur clients for a good decade, these were MBAs and most of them had degrees. And um, I would ask a question. I would say, what are you using in this business that you're running that you learned? Or what are you using in this business from your degree? And the answer was literally 100% of the time, nothing. So they were using nothing from their degree. And so I had this bias for 10 years of asking this question that why on earth would an entrepreneur ever go to college? But what I did as I started working on this book 10 years, 12 years ago now, is I started to ask a follow-up question. And that is, if you had a chance to do it all over again, would you go back to college? And the answer was almost always yes. And so that surprised me. And so obviously that led me to dig in deeper and say, why? And so what the entrepreneurs said they got out of college was two things. Number one, relationships. And number two, a practice ground, an opportunity to practice selling t-shirts, selling stuff, doing stuff. So it had nothing to do with the degree. It had to do with the relationships and the interaction with people. And so 
really important insight there, okay? And so with that, you know, then I go on to give the statistics and it's something in the neighborhood of 46% of all sm small business owners have a college degree, which is really insightful. But then I also give a laundry list of very successful entrepreneurs that have degrees and don't have degrees. So the point of this is at the end of the day, it's a choice. It's a choice that entrepreneur in the making needs to make for themselves. I offer up about 10 to 15 subjects, topics, classics, I would urge you and what the entrepreneurs in my life are urging you to take if you are gonna to go to college. But at the end of the day, it's a choice. And when in doubt, you should probably go to college because if you're stuck having to get a real job, you probably are gonna be better off with a degree. But there's nothing that says an entrepreneur needs a degree to succeed. As a matter of fact, maybe even the opposite. And so it's just an important choice to make because the hundred dollars to $200,000 on the light side that you're about to spend over the next four to six years may be better invested if you're a true entrepreneur. To your point, uh, my degree was in classical Greek and look where I am today. <laughs> and um, so, but what, but I would, would I answer your question? Would I still do the four years of college? Yes, I, I would. And in my case, yes, it's relationships. It's a little bit of that incubation for adulthood uh, that helps a lot. Um, but it was, it was also a place where I found my voice. And that voice then led to me discovering my vision. And I could not have been entrepreneurial without those stepping stones. Now that happens to be my particular journey. People can find their voice in other places than college. But uh, I happen to have really good liberal arts teachers um, who helped me find that through writing and speaking and, and other endeavors. I've got, uh, I've got one last list I want you to cover. And remember, if you're list weary as you listen, uh, those lists are available at water.com slash podcast in the handout. But you talk about nine stages of building a business. What are those nine stages? Yeah, and where this comes from is, you know, I have a very strong belief that there is no system, there is no process, there is no one way to build a business, there's no one way to become an entrepreneur. And, and anybody trying to sell or tell you that is, is frankly selling you something. Um, because, you know, in all of the work I've done, I've not been able to see one, you know, perfect system that works for everyone. And, and then I always jokingly like to say, if there were a process, in my, in my mind and what I've seen, it's four steps. Number one, you have an idea. Number two, you take a leap. Number three, you fight like hell and get your ass kicked for 10 years. And then step four, you emerge, hopefully an entrepreneur because you still have a 50% or more failure rate. But where this comes from is on that journey though, I do believe there are these milestones, these stages, these situations that are going to occur that you need to be prepared for and aware of. And I believe if I can make you aware of them, then you will greatly reduce the mistakes you're about to make. You'll be ahead of the curve and you will actually get there faster. So I really believe I can create a bit of a speed pass for an entrepreneur that takes a leap. And, and for our listeners here, you've, your clients are dealing with one of these stages multiple right now. And in other words, they're all at different stages, but very quickly, here they are. Stage one. And again, the other point I want to make before I dive in is these aren't linear. That's the other tricky part. I couldn't figure out a way to make these linear because they happen at different times, but I did my best to kind of put them in a sequential order, but it's not possible. The first one is, however, because stage one is generating cash. That just obviously means that entrepreneur needs to focus on generating cash. That's priority one. And they tend to tinker with 
12 other things when they just need to sell one, then two, then 10, then 20. The second is hiring an integrator. And, and so the visionary entrepreneur needs to be counterbalanced with an integrator. And some are savvy enough to hire that immediately and, or partner with someone. And some, it takes two, three, five, 10 years. Uh, but at some point, you're gonna need an integrator to maximize your business. Number three, discovering your core values. Know your core values, know your, core va your culture early. Number four is holding yourself accountable. You've got to hold yourself accountable. The advice there is come up with the three most important numbers that you need to hit every single week for those first three years. Number five is communicating frequently with your employees. I always say keep the circles connected. And so make sure you're communicating, meeting every week, meeting every month, giving great feedback. Number six is having a plan B, C, and D. D is a little extreme, but the important point here is your plan A is going to change. You're going to have to make a change. And so it's a psychology, it's a mentality that says, I know this plan is gonna change at some point. So always have plan B, worst case C, in your back pocket. Number seven is staying in your personal sweet spot. So you, as that entrepreneur, that true entrepreneur, you have, you're genetically encoded to do certain things where you excel and you need to stay in that sweet spot. And so what happens is you will get buried into the day-to-day -day if you don't keep elevating yourself, delegate and elevate as we call it. Uh, so bring people around you to keep you in your personal sweet spot. Number eight is preventing your business from getting away from you. At some point, you're going to reach a level of success that there's going to be so many new opportunities coming at you. And most of it is shiny stuff. And you need to get really good at staying, saying no to those things. Um, and so prevent the business from getting away from you. And number nine is capitalizing on coaching, training, and mentoring. It's a never-ending journey of learning. And so tap into great resources. I share some of those resources on the website for free. So you can see those there, but those are the nine stages. And again, that website is e-leap.com. And you can also get to that link at water.com slash podcast of all of the, of the nine, which will be in the handout folks. I love number nine, the best given the audience that you're talking to. So if, if an entrepreneur is going to capitalize on coaching, training and especially mentoring, there needs to be a supply of mentors to meet that demand. And that listeners is you. Step into that very important gap and protect the journey of the people that Gino is targeting in this book, that entrepreneurial journey. Cause it sounds to me, Gino, like it's a lot of work and there's a lot of risk and it needs some protecting. Yeah, it's, and it's hard. And so I do everything in my power to talk people out of it because if I can't, then I know they're true entrepreneurs. And on your mentor point, I created a really powerful tool. Again, it's free on the website. It's called Mentor Track. And for those of you out there that do want to mentor entrepreneurs, and hopefully it's all of you, it's a five-step track that's going to help you mentor better. And I do 80% of the heavy lifting for you. And so it makes you a better mentor and uh, saves you a heck of a lot of time. Well, Gino, thanks so much for being with us. Joe, I had a blast. And thank you for tuning in to today's podcast and our conversation with Gino Wickman. For more information about today's episode, to explore other episodes in this podcast series, or to learn more about our annual Scaling New Heights conference, visit woodard.com. That's W-O-O-D-A-R-D.com. As always, we encourage you to stay tuned, stay connected, 
never stop learning and scale new heights.